This, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Welcome to Unapologetically Bold, I'm Not Sorry For. If you are a person that is tired of apologizing for being you, you know, the human part of you that sometimes feels like it has to be different at home versus work versus play, the human side that just wants to be hot, humble, open, and transparent about your wants, desires, and uniqueness. If you answered yes, this podcast is for you. Join me, Emily Elrod, as I dive into conversations with amazing guests about what they are not sorry for in creative and loving ways. Let's get started. I'm so blessed today to have Sean with me. Thank you for joining me today, Sean. Thanks for having me. I just uh, love, love to have an opportunity to share authentically. And I love the fact that that's kind of one of the cornerstones of what you do is just full transparency. You know, there's enough fluff out there. People like, BS meters be like tripping off, but you know what? I'm just going to shoot well. And uh, because it's honestly, it's extremely refreshing to have that opportunity. So I hope you got your seatbelts on so because we're going to have some fun today. I love it, love it, love it. So tell people that don't know who you are um, just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, you know what? I played about seven years professional football um, with the Rams and the Colts in the NFL in Europe. Had an awesome time playing, retired years ago. And I own my own security company, my own security firm. And I do also coaching and consulting. So basically what I was able to do was to take the information, the knowledge, the concepts, and the principles and laws I've learned playing professional football, professional sports. And then I kind of merged it with corporate America because I got really honestly, and since we're on a transparent show, right, I got sick and tired of you know, entering the corporate world and everyone's like, hey, you know, you have to, you know, this is how we do it in the corporate world, best practices, good networking events and blah, blah, hand out your business cards. And and, and one day I was like, wait a second now, you know, um, professional sports, especially the National Football League, is probably the most, uh, one of the most successful businesses or most winningest uh, businesses as far as revenue in the world period, hands down, NBA, MLB, like, come on, maybe there's something you can learn from us. And so I started drafting and, 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 and pulling concepts that I learned from such, you know, playing football at a competitive level. And I began to apply it towards or, or, or for corporate America and the results have been astonishing. I love it. Yeah. Um, and I can only imagine, especially with your tenacity and your perseverance and the grit that you have mm. uh, to be able to, to take that in. I, and I know it's got to be refreshing for others just to be real, <laughs> because like you said earlier, the fluff, there's so much of it. <laughs> so I think that goes great into what our topic is today and what you're not sorry for. So I'm going to ask you, hey, Sean, tell the world what you are unapologetically bold about. Well, if I could uh, be totally honest, there's, you know, there's several things, um, but if I could focus on two, it, 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 it would be awesome. Uh, I'm not sorry for who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not sorry for being who I am and what God has called me to be. You know, there's a difference between image and identity, Okay. And 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 once once we are void of our identity, then we do everything possible. We spend so much time and energy and emotion 
uh, uh, trying to create an image, something that's external. But the thing about that is that God didn't call your image. God called your identity. And so many people will lose their purpose in life because they're chasing an identity versus, I mean, they're, they're, they're chasing an image versus chasing an identity. The second thing that's so devastating about that is that whoever now has power over the image now has power over you. Like, what would happen right now if social media said, no more, you're done? No social media for nobody or just for you for, you know, 120 days. Some people would lose it. They would go because their whole image is an avatar. It mm -hmm. is external versus internal from the eternal. So uh, I am not sorry. And to be really honest and transparent, that's tough to not be sorry. It's, it, is a, it is a perpetual I'm not sorry. It is a battle to be or or to say I'm not sorry because this world system is always devaluing you and telling you who you are and who you're not. And once you're reacting, you can never proact. And so it, it's no, I'm not sorry. The next day, no, I'm not sorry. The next week, no, I'm not sorry. And that is my fight. The fight is for your identity. I love that. And the thing that I hear in that too is that not letting things own you. Right. What experiences have you had in the past that did own you or could have owned you that oh. you were glad that you let go of? Yeah. And I found, you know, football. Let's just say football. You know, I've been playing football since the second grade. Like the second grade, I was playing, I was hitting since the second grade. And then one day, after second grade, third grade, ninth grade, eighth grade, 10th grade, 12th grade, a junior college, four, four years in college, in the NFL, one day, it's over. It doesn't slow down. It doesn't stop. It's done. Like a train stops on a dime, kicks you off, and it keeps going. Now you have to dig back deep. You have to rediscover. You have to reintroduce yourself to yourself and to learn to be comfortable with who you are and who you were created to be. That, that was tough. It's tough for a lot of athletes. And by the way, if you have either high school, collegiate, or professional athletes that you know, cut them some slack, man, because I tell you what, you expect us, you know, to train on the offseason, you know, hey, that's Sean, the outside linebacker all throughout high school, and that's been your identity, and one day it's over. It's like you don't even know the other person. All you know is the athlete, and it's really hard for you to relate, but give that person some slack and let them rediscover who they are. And that makes me think I was a collegiate cheerleader mm -hmm. and that's what everybody identified as like, you got to be happy all the time. You got to be rah, rah, you know, and it's like, and you got to be on point performing 24 seven. And it's like, yeah. dang it, I have off days, but you can't have off days. No, you cannot. And so, and this is something I actually wrote this morning to somebody. Um, and she was talking about how she feels like she's on a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes, I feel like I'm on an emotional roller coaster at times with this and that how it's important to not put your identity into your work. Um, you can put your your what you've learned, your perseverance, the skills into it. But your identity is more than your output. And so what have you learned from that, from how 
being performing 24 seven and then that being stopped, you know, what are, what were some of the key lessons that you could talk to people about that for next, just for them to like continue on on that dream, continue on that purpose, even though it looks like everything's falling apart. Yeah. So one of the things that, that I would encourage everyone to do is to nurture their identity is to minister to their identity. God, once, once, once you in the office, you try to take it home with you. You know, you fight that. And trust me, as a business owner, it is impossible at times. And I'm not going to fluff you out. Be like, well, yes, this is what I do. It's been a struggle for me. But I've, but I've learned and I've noticed that when I'm able to make that distinction and when I'm able to compartmentalize, that it, uh, um, it, it puts things in proper perspective. Plus, my family enjoys it. They enjoy me, uh, which is huge. So. Uh, fighting for that separation, uh, being able to, you know, have events with not having, you know, your cell phone right next to you. That's tough. I'm not going to sit here and say this is what I perfected because, you know, I'm I'm extremely driven type A personality type of guy. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm turned on 24-7. But A, finding that time to separate is, is, is vital because what happens is that you're able to hear better. You're able to have a proper perspective, and and you're able to uh, you're more clear. In, in like, if I could use the word flamboyant, but you're more clear with your judgments. Mm-hmm. So, picture this: picture your occupation, your craft as a glove. You're wearing the glove, but under the glove is your hand. You don't never get to the point where you're like, you know what? I am the glove. Or and and it's like uh, it's that is that is very dangerous when you get to that point. Oh, I love that because it makes me think of a book I was I'm listening to, and it's talking about basically the elephant um, and the rider kind of thing. And and all it's saying is is very similar to that. Is that we whenever we put our identity, we're, we're one we shut ourselves off to other perspectives. Mm-hmm. We put ourselves in a place where we're in, on a higher stage than others. And so humility kind of can get knocked with it as well. So what are some of those humbling lessons? Because I know the, the thing is that you're not sorry for some of the limitations that you had. What are some of those humbling perceived limitations that other people thought that has now put you at this mental, I call it mental fitness, like this social awareness and emotional intelligence that, you know that you can grind it out, even if failure comes. You know the next level. You know what are some of the things that you've experienced in your life to get you to that point? Oh my gosh! You know, um, I was challenged educationally. Um, I was challenged economically. In fact, you know, I had uh, was documented four to five learning disabilities, um, kicked out of schools with disciplinary issues. Uh, we weren't poor. We were oh, it is a big difference. Right. Yeah. So, so, so um, every, just about everything that was thrown at me, had been thrown at me. I stuttered my entire life. I could not complete a sentence till college. Um, I was the bottom of the barrel. And, but one of the things I've learned is that you can go back to those challenges and those situations and you can switch it. Let me give you an example. 
uh, I remember when they had first documented me with learning disabilities. Um, sometime later, well, some years later, to be honest, I said, you know what, I'm not disabled, I'm uniquely enabled. That's a switch. You know, so, you know, and it's like, you know what, everyone has strengths and everyone has weaknesses. The greater the weakness in one area is the greater the strength in another area. You know, most people don't know that I stuttered my entire life. I could not complete a sentence till college. I said, one day I'm going to be a great speaker. So I, so, so I learned how to recast the story. And, you know, this is what happened. Well, you know, you were abused. I understand that, but that made me a more focused individual. Mm-hmm. So I, I take a lot of my setbacks. You know what? I'm speaking to somebody. I take a lot of my setbacks. I take a lot of my failures and I turn it, I turn them into tuition. Mm-hmm. Winning. You know what? Hey, that was tuition for your win later in life. You got to pay tuition somewhere. So my, my mistakes were my tuition. And that's how I look at it. That's tuition. Keep moving. You can't, you can't be afraid of failure because failure is your friend. Failure is how you learn in life. Life teaches you through failure. Think about how you learn how to walk. You know, you you stood up, little Johnny, little Sally stood up, and he or she fell instantly. And then they encouraged you to get back up. And then they encouraged you to get back up. The challenge in our culture, I believe, is that there's not enough enough people encouraging other people to get back up. The average millionaire has filed for bankruptcy 3.5 times. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard, that's a a stat that I've I've actually never heard, but it makes sense because um, I was I was blessed to have a father who has always told me, he goes, I know um, what feels like a million different ways not to make a slicer, but the one way that I did it right gave us the life that we have, you know, mm-hmm. and in talking about, I say it all the time is fail often, fail fast, but fail safe. You yes. know, there are ways that you need to embrace the failures. And I love how you flip the script on it too. And I love it to pay the tuition because I was talking to somebody the other day about this, that we all go through life and some may have harder lives than than others per se, whatever. I feel like we all have things that happen to us. Some people talk about it, some don't, but you all have to pay, you all have to do the work. Things are going to happen. You all have to do the work, but what you do with that work and that mindset afterwards is what will make or break you. So what are some of the things that you learned, some like mind, mindset shifts that you had, those paradigm shifts that you had to have to get you where you are today? Well, well, I'll share one with you. Uh, if you live in the past, you'll die in the present. So that's not even, I mean, that is for, that's for sad events, disappointing events. And it's for great events. You know, if you like uh, live in the past because of, you know, setbacks and, you know, mishaps, then you're a victim of the past. Mm-hmm. And if you uh, are focused on the past because that was the glory days, well, then you're living in the past. You know, you're there. And it's like each day is ticking and like you're trying to recreate something that's gone. And it's like, you know what, you have to have a short memory. One of the things I learned when I was playing in the NFL. It's, it's like, you know, a receiver can catch like Peyton Manning 
can throw the ball and and the receiver catches it. But if the receiver catches the ball, that means the defender didn't do his job well. So guess what? Next series, next series, you know what's about to happen? The coordinator is coming right back at him. The next, within two series, the same play is coming again. Because we're going to make you, we're going to keep running this play until you stop it. So guess what? If you're lined up and Peyton Manning's a quarterback and he's the receiver, and you're like, man, I hope he doesn't get burned. I hope they don't burn me again. Oh, it's going to happen. You're done. You're done. It's called going in the tank at that point. Mm-hmm. And so, you know what? Every, every day is new. Every play is new. And that's how you have to keep you focused. Or focused, I'm sorry. No, I agree. And you know I love Peyton Manning, Tennessee fan here. Um, so you threw that out for me. Uh, yeah. Um, but yes, it's so oh, what I love too is that the past, it helps us to learn. And what you said is don't stay in it. Here's one thing that I found is, a differentiating factor between people who can go forward and move with it is gratitude. Mm. The gratitude that comes from your mess now turns into a message. It's now a blessing. It's, it's the thing that you can bless others with. And I know that's what you do in essence. That's, that's why you're a motivational speaker, but also the work that you do, you can bless others. When did that hit home for you? That, Gratitude and blessings were a part of it. You know, I don't know exactly when it hit home for me, but I I tell you when it often hits home for me, okay? It often hits home for me when I, you know, relax and I start thinking uh, of how many opportunities or how many mishaps that could have happened in my life that that, um, I wouldn't have made it. Mm-hmm. And 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 to be honest, there's times and there's situations and circumstances where I where where I shouldn't have made, and there are other people out there that were better than me. You know, and one day in practice, the person's knee is blown, and that person can't play football ever again. You know, once you get so far or to a certain level, you stop beating your own chest, and you're like, "Wow!" But for the grace of God, there's all grace. It's like, you know, I could have been hit with, you know, uh, uh, a storm could have came through and wiped out, wiped out the company. I could be driving down the street and a semi-truck can hit me. Once you get so far in this, it's like, you know what? It's grace. It's all grace. It's all grace. And trust me, if you, listen, if, if you never get to that point, I feel sorry for you because you're going to be humbled. And I feel even more sorry for you if you're not. Because mm-hmm. the other thing, too, is it puts you, it, for me, this is for me, it puts me more into my purpose mm-hmm. to walk it out, to know <laughs> I didn't get here by chance. Right. So right. I got here, I feel it because I was favored and blessed. And there's these opportunities and you can call it whatever you want. I, I'm you know, I'm spiritual. So I believe it's God, the grace of God that got me there here. So when people don't live in that humility that comes from it, um, I I agree with you. Like that can get scary. Um, I see some people that, that, you know, poke out their chest, flaunt it. And it's just like, Ooh, something, something. And I don't want to manifest or say anything negative, but 
something is eventually going to give because it's again it's going back to the work everybody has to deal with their own work and they have to do the work mm-hmm. i've never not seen somebody get humbled i've been humbled Whew. more times yeah. than not <laughs> and and i tell you what's even more or just as disappointing is that there's so many lessons life is always teaching Life is teaching you lessons like Wi-Fi. You know, it's always lessons are everywhere. But you know what? The more haughty and arrogant you get, the less you learn and the less you listen. Okay, it's like uh, you know, a seven-year-old kid gets, you know, I mean, listen, listen, listen. I remember when this whole COVID thing first hit. When it first hit, I'm I'm out of town. I'm in Virginia, and this guy is like where I'm at a restaurant and this guy's, you know, I think he has a bit too much to drink, honestly. And he walks over to my table and he's like, Wah! and then all of a sudden he stops. He get, and he had like a sober moment. And he said, you know, the way that you help to help you with this COVID is vitamin D3. And then he went right back to, Wah! I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. Now, Six to seven months later, it's all over the press. Vitamin D3, vitamin D3, vitamin D3. Sometimes you just have to be able to hear. Mm-hmm. But you can't hear if you're arrogant and you're haughty. And I love that, too, because I'll say there's actually a lesson I had earlier today. And and that's the thing. What I found is, yes, lessons a lot of the times comes in work and in, in the work that I do. But at home, I've learned so mm-hmm. much children teach me daily if you want to be in the leadership business like because leading children to be upstanding citizens that can contribute back is not for the faint of heart but today like we have chickens at our house and so i told my daughter to go put up the chickens but as the leader i did not give her clear expectations and in that lack of clear expectations she thought that she should go in the brush area which for me, it's common sense. Hey, you should go in there. You know, there's briars, there's other things, but she still did it, you know? And she went through an ant bed and probably has 16, 17 bites on her leg. And I'm just like, I'm the worst mother ever. So what can I learn from this? One, she told me I was a good mom, so it made me feel better. But two, it also taught me clear expectations. Yes. Anywhere. Communication is key. You cannot make assumptions. Mm-hmm. You can't assume on people's lives and you can't assume your children as well. Right. So how have assumptions taught you things? And in the in driving around and trying to avoid some of those and how they helped you, I guess in that arrogance, because that's what I feel like a lot of arrogant people make assumptions about how how your life they see you as an nfl star they're like ah you've had an easy one you know they don't Mm -hmm. see all the crap that came behind it so what have you learned from that what have i learned from people's assumptions or from my assumptions both we'll go both ways you know well um number one very important is that if you want to win in life you cannot allow other people's opinions to become your reality you cannot allow that. You cannot not allow them to put their expectations and assumptions on you. And you have to fight to keep that off of you, which is why I don't like titles. Because once you have identified as a title, the first thing a first thing a person will do as they're sizing you up, they're looking at your name, they're looking at your occupation, they're, you know, they're asking what do you do so that they can form you up or size you up so that they would know how to approach you. Like example, if I meet 
an individual. And I'm like, you know what? Um, hi, you know, blah, 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 you know, and this, this is a great game, you know, and my name is David. Oh, hi, you know, hi, David. Well, well who are you, you know, and what do you do? Because I'm trying to figure out, how, you know, I'm trying to gauge my assumptions now and, or my level of communication. Well, you know, I'm a pastor. Oh, well, praise the Lord. You know what I'm saying? everything changes that's why i don't i don't like titles and i love ambiguity i love to just move in and out i'm just the big guy you know it's funny but as far as me um is that to me that could be dangerous Mm -hmm. to me that that can be dangerous because i put a lot on myself at times and I set my standards so super high. And if I don't achieve these standards, well, then, you know, on the outside, I'm smiling, but on the inside, I'm like, ugh. Mm-hmm. So I've learned how to just, you know, destroy and kill expectations and allow it to be tempered by God. Because, you know, expectations is, you know, assumptions and expectations are dangerous to I me. Mean, I mean, we've talked, you know, we've hop, skipped and jumped around. We talked about the Bible, you know, it's like they didn't see Jesus because Jesus didn't meet their expectations. You know, you know, he didn't, I mean, he wasn't the king, you know, he didn't come in the robe, you know, he was like feeding the poor, talking to a lady from Samaria. You know, it's like, man, no, you can't do that. Kids, get away from him, you know, you don't, don't touch all oh, you know assumptions and expectations yes and it's there's so many good things i want to go with that one (laughs) the the expectations too that i see is sometimes for me is i play like you were saying earlier being type a like go-getter like high performer i put them on myself yeah and there's something i started doing and i really like it so far is that i write out my task and then i give myself like a pep talk and then I give myself a, basically it's a note section on my barriers, my perceived barriers. And it's ways of saying, I know myself. And what we talked about earlier is to, you know, to know yourself, own yourself so others don't own you. So you can learn those lessons and develop it throughout time. So mine, I know that I overthink. I know that I'm a go-getter. I know sometimes I just need to stop and pause. But the funny thing that I write most of the time is give yourself grace. Just give yourself some grace. It is okay to not be perfect. Just focus on progression and get to the next step. Just do your work. Continue to win. Yeah. You know what? So you mentioned the word grace. One of the things I've learned is is that judgment basically has no master. What I mean by that is when you start judging others, that same energy, when you fail, you don't judge yourself. You don't give grace to others, that same energy, you won't give grace to yourself. Grace is grace is something so empowering for me. And it's all about just, and it is, it's unapologetically not judging others and caring and love. Because what I say is you can't love others if you don't love yourself first. And like you're saying, focus, focus on yourself and you can't lead others. If you can't lead yourself first. And this is something I talked about with somebody the other day is that the leaders of today, majority of them did not have some of the trainings on self-care 
as for say my generation has. You're you're an athlete, so you've had it, you know, about self-care and how to take care of yourself and, and performing at a top level. What would you tell leaders about self-care and the importance of of taking the time? One of the things that I would tell leaders is that before they buy into the vision, they have to buy into you. Mm-hmm. And if you're not where you need to be, it shows. In leadership, is so it's so essential, but at times it can be so overrated. Mm-hmm. And uh, being being at your best, being at your one hundred uh, as much as possible is important because every word you say is like throwing a stone in a lake. It vibrates. It it shoots every word, every every action, every comma. Every cough, everything you do, you know, people are always looking for, okay, where's this person at? What's the age? What is he or she really trying to say? So one of the real, real practical things that I've been doing as of late, and my wife is like so excited about this, <laughs> is that I've been getting my sleep. I have to get your sleep. I, I, I've, I've seen you. When I don't get sleep, I'm not, I'm not a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. Making some bad choices and some bad decisions. So you know what? Factor it in. You know, eight, nine hours, get it in. I know you I gotta be in the middle of the night and get stuff done. And uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's overrated. You get your sleep. If you're acting like that, okay, then you're overextended. Yep. And that's the thing, true, too, is being that I'm a physiologist and how the body works. Knowing okay. that sleep is very important in the aspect that it actually affects like our stress levels. Yeah. How well that we can actually love others and trust others. And it also affects our how we receive rewards or dopamine. Um, and so it's really cool. So, yes, sleep is extremely important. So I am like all for you mentioning that. So with that, uh, we are closing out on our time. So I'm going to give you your final question on this. For people that are apologizing for being themselves, for being them and for the limitations, what would you tell them or what advice would you give them? You change your focus, you change your life, right? Mm-hmm. So you are apologizing, you are living in the past, you're just, you know, uh, just just remorsing. Ask yourself, what was the lesson? What was the lesson? Okay, now, once you find a lesson, then there is a lesson. What you do is that now you take your energy and your focus and you put it on the lesson. Mm-hmm. So when the remorse comes up, one of the things I've learned is that you out loud, dang, I'm getting to like Dr. Feel stuff. When something <laughs> happens that out loud, you say the word stop. When you say the word stop, your, your mind, whatever you're thinking, it freezes at that moment. And then you redirect on the lesson that was learned. Mm-hmm. Take authority and control over your mind and you stop allowing your mind to run rampant. And if you can't, that going to turn the radio on at night, some good spiritual music and focus on that and allow your mind to deal with that crossword puzzle versus the pain of the past and regret and the fear of the future. I love it. And I agree so much on that as actually that's what I do. I listen because my mind never stops. It never ever stops and good audiobooks. Um, that is where I'm at. And I love how you talk about lessons learned, like focusing on the lessons. That is so important. 
and having what I call as a lesson learn log. Literally every task I do, I put what lesson did I learn? Because mm. if, you, if you seek it, you'll find it. Yes. And, and that continuation of finding for the lessons, finding the good. And I'll say in this, I found so much good from you, Sean. I am blessed beyond measure to be able to have talked to you today. And I appreciate everybody that has joined in. Thank you. And have an awesome day. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Unapologetically Bold, I'm Not Sorry For. If this touched you in any way, please like and subscribe and share with your friends as we continue the message of being unapologetically bold by being hot humans who are humble, open, and transparent. See you next time.